Hello and welcome to another episode of the National Kidney Foundation's Life as a Nephrologist podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Dave. For today's episode, we're chatting about fatigue and hemodialysis patients. Fatigue is a common and debilitating symptom many patients on dialysis live with. Fatigue is a complex phenomenon that has physical, psychological, and emotional components, which can translate into poor quality of life. It is estimated that anywhere between 20 to 86% of patients experience post-dialysis fatigue. And despite this, it is an under-investigated phenomenon, which is why I'm excited that we'll be reviewing a recent review article published in AJKD titled Fatigue in Patients Receiving Maintenance Hemodialysis. And who better to review this article with than the authors and a dialysis patient? So we are joined today by two of the authors, Dr. Parker Gregg from Baylor College of Medicine. Dr. Gregg, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm a nephrologist. I'm uh, here in Houston at Baylor College of Medicine in the Center for Innovations and Quality Effectiveness at Safety at the, at the VA. And I took an interest in trying to help patients with kidney disease who experience fatigue because it's something that's extremely common. And I feel like we don't, we don't know what to do about it. And so it's something that needs some more attention so we can help people feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. You actually know our next speaker, Dr. Susan Hedayati. So how do you guys know each other? Well, Dr. Hedayati was my mentor when I came to my fellowship. We started working together and it's just been a, a wonderful working relationship ever since. And so we'll roll over to Dr. Susan Hedayati from Stony Brook University Medical Center. Welcome to our podcast. Do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hello, everyone. It is so nice to be here today and get to be part of this podcast. I'm an actually an academic nephrologist and also a clinical researcher. And I started res my research in the field of depression and fatigue as early as my fellowship. And I'm very interested in how it affects people with kidney disease, both before and after dialysis initiation how it affects not just their hard outcomes like hospitalization, but also their quality of life. So this area is really one of my passions. Thank you so much for being here. And our last guest today is Dr. David Perchinski, who is a hemodialysis patient. So David, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm 49 years old. 2017, I was uh, struck with kidney kidney disease. Uh, it happened late October. I was mowing my lawn, and all of a sudden, my strength disappeared in my body. Um, I could no longer push my lawnmower. I sat down for a few minutes, took my boots off. There's my feet were the size of wa small watermelons, and literally from that point on, my strength has been very limited, very very limited. I went to a doctor, obviously, um, got diagnosed with kidney disease. I remember, I don't remember the stage of the, of the kidney disease. I just know that it progressed very, very rapidly. Probably two to three months later, I, I went back to uh, my dad's state in Minnesota to help him move. And um, unfortunately, I, ha I had two small strokes and a heart attack. Oh, wow. And then the, the downward spiral occurred. David, just taking it back. So 
Can you tell us a little bit about when you started dialysis? Yep, I started dialysis about four years ago. The first year, I was pretty much just in a fog. Two years ago, I went in for an angiogram, part of the transplant process evaluation, and it revealed that I needed to have five bypass. Hence, I did five bypass, leaning into the information that was being given to me by, by my care team, my cardiologist, getting back into working out, like literally just starting on the exercise bike again. But now today, I work out four days a week. I'm pretty regiment in regards to working out. My dietary habits are primarily plant-based. So once again, it's leaning into the information and just fully entrusting in my care team. Oh, David, um, I have a question for you. Do you feel like your level of energy and fatigue was always poor from the time that you had this event and you started having kidney failure? Or do you feel like after starting dialysis, it got better or worse? That's a great question. It absolutely got better once I started dialysis. But just to add to that, I started to really lean into the information that was being given to me by my nutritionist, my nephrologist, my nurse, to start working out again. And so I did. Now, my definition of working out is is not what a typical bodybuilder or a ultra marathoner would be. It's, uh, it's, it's limited because of my mobility and the other factors that limit my um, opportunity to work out. Gosh, I love that. I wish we could get all patients to your regimen. That would be amazing. Address my next question with you, Parker. Why write about fatigue? Why is it important? Why did you and Susan decide to, to embark on writing this paper? Thank you for asking. You know, as we've brought up a couple times already, fatigue affects the majority of patients receiving dialysis. Uh, in fact, according to some studies, approximately 60 to 80% of patients receiving maintenance dialysis experience fatigue routinely. And this can be debilitating and affects, as you mentioned, not only a person's physical health and functioning, but also their psychological functioning and emotional health. Fatigue, in my experience, is the most common concern of people living with advanced kidney disease, including kidney failure, yet we rarely discuss fatigue with our patients or do anything to help them cope with it. We hope that this will start a bigger conversation around fatigue and spur more research, which is desperately needed to better understand why patients feel this way and how we can help them feel better. Yeah, I love that. You know, David, I know that you kind of gave us a little bit of background on your experience as a patient. But can you tell us, you know, just taking a step back and looking at fatigue yeah. holistically, why is it an important topic for patients receiving maintenance hemodialysis? And is this a big concern? Or is, you know, are patients talking about fatigue? Uh, yes, patients are talking about fatigue. I know from my personal experience, I, I have quite a few friends that I've made at my dialysis center in and also in the uh, CKD world and we talk about fatigue, it is debilitating. Unfortunately, because of my dialysis and CKD, I'm on disability. A typical dialysis day for me 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday is dialysis that starts at 530 in the morning and I'm done by 10 o'clock. Now, the rest of my day is probably about a four hour nap. And then I get something light to eat. And then I go back to bed. But on days of Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm in the gym for a couple hours. But keep in mind, um, with chronic fatigue, my two-hour workout is really probably comprised of about 45 minutes because it is so draining. I do light weights. Um, my, my, my resistance work, my resistance cardio is not extreme of any matter whatsoever. But at the same time, exercise and proper nutrition brings life to me. And it gives me the energy that I need to somewhat be functional throughout the day. Thank you for sharing your story. Yep. I, you know, it's fascinating that you bring up the timing of fatigue, because I kind of want to talk about the specifics of the fatigue that, you know, the authors highlight in the article. Yep. First, fatigue is broken down into fatigue that occurs right before dialysis starts. So maybe the hour right before the session, and then fatigue happens during the dialysis session. So this is fatigue just before and during dialysis is called intradialytic fatigue. This name is kind of a misnomer because it includes an hour right before the dialysis session. And then you also have post-dialysis fatigue, which develops at the end of dialysis session, which you had just mentioned, David, which yep. may persist for hours. So hours. I'm curious, hours. yeah. So I'm curious, Susan, can you tell us why that first hour right before the dialysis session can be a time of fatigue? In that hour right before dialysis, patients often feel tired, and it could be due to the fact that the brain is anticipating what is going to happen next, which is a dialysis procedure. And this phenomena is sometimes referred to as classical conditioning. The same sort of thing happens with patients who have cancer and are undergoing chemotherapy. They feel tired right before receiving chemo when the brain is perhaps anticipating yeah. the associated symptoms such as fatigue uh, that are going to be happening soon. And then it, it just becomes conditioned to feeling tired before that procedure. So I start my dialysis. I, I, I can, I can relate to that. I start my dialysis session at 5.45 in the morning. I get in the chair by 5.30. And then it's about 15 minutes of setting up with the technician. There is stress. There is anticipation of pain, inward and outward. Keep in mind the dialysis session, the dialysis center tries to make you as comfortable as possible. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. There is a little bit of, not, not a little bit, a lot of anxiety that sets in. For instance, normally when they do my first blood pressure, I'm probably normally around in the 140s, 150s. So there is that anticipation of pain. There is the there is the anxiety that is about to occur. And then when they finally set you up, when they finally set you up, when they put you on, you tend to relax a little bit. And yes, my blood pressure does go down. But keep in mind, my dialysis session is three and a half hours. I, I have I have like I, I can feel it. There's like there's three different waves 
that occur with the my dialysis session. The first hour is not bad. And then the second hour, I can feel that my blood pressure is starting to dip a little bit. And there is extreme fatigue that starts to hit. And then the third hour, it's like, really, this is really starting to kick in. And how do I recover? I get about 15 minutes post-dialysis session to sit in my chair and collect my thoughts and collect my body. And then just to kind of stand up and just put it all back together. And then I'm done with the dialysis session. And then the rest of the day is something light to eat. I am literally just fatigued, just knocked out. And I have never once seen a patient after a dialysis session get up out of his chair or her, or her chair and just like skip out of there. That that doesn't happen. Well, that's that's pretty interesting too. That kind of brings me to my next question. So we talked about feeling fatigue before the dialysis session. And David, you beautifully moved us through before and during dialysis, what you feel. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, Parker, why do patients feel tired during the dialysis session? You know, it's, it's very common. I think it's fair to say that probably most patients experience fatigue during the dialysis session. And we currently don't have a perfectly clear understanding of why the treatment itself might make people feel this way. You're all familiar with what's called dry weight, which is a moving target. And if you have more excessive fluid on your body, most likely the dialysis sessions are going to be harder. Mm -hmm. And there's also the profile that's put into the dialysis machine that it, that has an indication of whether how the dialysis session is going to be. For me, it's I'm I'm the patient that really gets in like I, I try to get involved with with my with my situation as much as I can and I listen and I want to take in as much information as possible because information is power. And the more I learn, yes, sometimes some bad situations, uh, sometimes some good dialysis situations. But I, a lot of in my personal situation has to deal with dry weight and the lighter I am, the better my dialysis sessions will go. Does that make any sense? Oh, a hundred percent. We and we definitely talk about the uh, ultrafiltration volume and rate a little bit later in yeah. terms of how those can affect it. We absolutely get definitely. into that, and I totally agree with you. So I guess I can amend what I said before, and it's it's you know that we don't exactly have a clear understanding of why the treatment itself might make might make people feel so tired, and it's probably because there are many things affecting this, and it may be different mm -hmm. between different individuals. Yeah. I mean, one thing with what you're mentioning, David, is, you know, larger ultrafiltration mm -hmm. volumes may, may in some patients drop the blood pressure more, and perhaps there's not a lot of perfusion to the brain. Having anemia also makes that even worse, right? There's less circulation. I've had it. I've had it. Yeah. So that's a really good observation. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to post dialysis fatigue. Susan, is there a consensus on how long fatigue after dialysis treatment usually lasts? You know, it's it's very variable. Studies suggest that the majority of post dialysis fatigue can take or last for four hours or more. 
in one study that was done using this observational DOP study, the dialysis outcomes and practice pattern study, about a third of the patients reported that they had fatigue for two hours after dialysis. Another third reported that it went from two to four hours. And then the last third reported that it could take as long as seven hours or more. And about one in every 10 patients said it took as long as 12 hours or even longer to recover from a dialysis session. And I think what David was saying that, you know, he goes home and spends hours. Did you say four hours taking a long nap? Yep. That, that makes a lot of sense and is congruent with the data that's published. Yeah. Yeah. And David, you know, I'm curious, you said that you took a four hour nap, but yeah. you know, how long after a dialysis session, like how long does it take after a dialysis session for you to feel normal again or have your energy levels return? Primarily like the day after Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, I feel almost normal again. Uh, Sundays, not so much because Sundays is, is two days with that dialysis, but, um, like on my dialysis days, I'm just, I'm not very, I'm not very functional. I'm just not. That's pretty fascinating. You know, I'm, I'm curious to dive into other aspects of the article here. So yeah. I see that the authors took a time to kind of talk about the association of depression and the likelihood oh. of having post-dialysis fatigue. Parker, do you care to comment on this correlation and what are some of the things that we can kind of do to help this patient population? Absolutely. So fatigue can be a symptom of depression, which affects about 25% of patients receiving maintenance dialysis. Depressive symptoms are associated with higher rates of fatigue before, during, and after a dialysis session. So it is important to screen for depression in patients receiving maintenance dialysis, especially if they report fatigue. And there have been a few studies looking into treatment of depression in patients with uh, dialysis dependence with uh, things like cognitive behavioral therapy or sertraline. Um, and so, you know, the bottom line is that depending on what a patient is interested in, willing to do and, and able to do, uh, because, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy can be a big time commitment or they may or may not be interested in taking additional pills, but a cautious trial of some of these interventions to see if it helps their symptoms is, is potentially worth a try. Yeah. Well, I, I'm actually curious, Susan or Parker, has there been any studies evaluating the treatment of depression and, you know, reduction in fatigue? So um, in the ASCEND study that we did a few years ago when we published the results in the Annals of Internal Medicine, in that study, maintenance dialysis patients were randomized to either sertraline or Zoloft, which is a common antidepressant medication, or cognitive behavioral therapy. Unfortunately, there wasn't an untreated control arm per se. So there was those, just those two treated arms. And there was a moderate improvement in depressive symptoms using sertraline versus cognitive behavioral therapy. Although all the patients depression did improve from baseline on both of those treatments. In the patients whose depression improved with sertraline, there was also a little bit of an improvement in their fatigue symptoms. But I think that we need to study that in larger cohorts. That's fascinating. David, I feel like you're going to say something here. 
depression and dialysis, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I know from speaking with fellow dialysis patients, at one point in time, all of us have been deeply depressed. For me, exercise has been my pill. Proper nutrition has been my pill. So it's such a deep topic to speak about in regards to depression and dialysis. Your body's under enormous stress. It takes a toll on your mental, in, in your your mental stability, and it's a uh, it, it is a it is definitely a subject that needs to be studied more. But at the same time, it's kind of like your dry weight; it's a moving target. Yeah, and I have some great great weeks of dialysis, and there are some weeks that I have miserable weeks of dialysis. And that's why it's so important to lean in to your care team and take the information that they're giving you. It's information that they're wanting the best out of you. So it's a fascinating topic. Yeah. Is there anything else that a care team can do to help support patients that are feeling depressed? Well, I I think it's really important that they communicate with their patients. Some nurses don't, some technicians don't. Uh, The way I look at it, my dialysis center is my team and we're all in it. They want the best for me and I want the best for them. So if I can put forth my best effort, I know that they're putting forth their best effort for me. Yeah, I love that. We're all on the same team. You know, this is so important. Communication is so important. The other thing that a couple of studies found is that social support is really important. Mm -hmm. Patients on dialysis who had better social supported baseline had lower depressive symptoms over time. That is so true. I'm I'm a part of an organization called kidneysolutions.org and they're, 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 they're East Coast, West Coast, North, South. Uh, we meet every night on every Monday night on the Zoom meetings. It's a broad spectrum of CKD patients. We've had guest nurses, guest nephrologists, guest dietitians. Kidney Solutions is my family. I love that. Let's uh, let's shift here again, just slightly. I feel like we aren't nephrologists unless we talk about pathophysiology. <laughs> So Susan, I'll I'll direct this one to you. Are there theories as to what the underlying mechanisms are on why patients are experiencing fatigue? Similar to depression, there may be many potential factors that can contribute to fatigue in patients with not just uh, chronic kidney disease and uh, end-stage kidney disease, but also other chronic illnesses. Uh, but particularly in in our patients with kidney failure receiving maintenance dialysis. I guess one of the potential hypotheses is that, you know how when you have the flu or COVID and you just feel lousy and tired? Well, a lot of those feelings of exhaustion with a viral illness are due to the immune system causing an increase in multiple inflammatory cytokines that are used to fight the infection. And these cytokines, uh, such as interleukin-6 and tumor necrosis factor, 
that are increased when the body fights a viral infection are also increased in patients with kidney failure. So one hypothesis is that the upregulation of these cytokines in patients with kidney failure, which may be potentiated during the dialysis procedure, could contribute to fatigue. Now, not all studies support this hypothesis. In fact, there's some data that reports that the use of a biocompatible membrane could be associated with lower levels of inflammatory cytokines during dialysis, but post-dialysis fatigue didn't really change. So it didn't matter whether a biocompatible uh, membrane or a bioincompatible membrane was used. So patients felt fatigued no matter what was used. That is correct. So that maybe makes this hypothesis a little bit less plausible, although we've also found in some of our studies that inflammation, presence of inflammation is definitely associated with depressive symptoms as well. So the higher levels of uh, inflammatory cytokines in the patient's blood, the more they reported symptoms of depression. And other people have corroborated that as well. Parker, are there any other theories or anything to add? Yes, there are. Um, One other major theory is that dialysis disrupts the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis that adapts the body to stress. Uh, So elevated cortisol levels that occur with stress can be associated with fatigue. The mechanism behind this has not really been clearly elucidated, but the idea is that dialysis is stressful on the body. Um, So normally the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis would help address that stress, but this mechanism is impaired in patients with kidney failure. Another theory is that rapid shifts in osmolality, small molecules, and fluid volume during a dialysis treatment may contribute to post-dialysis fatigue as well. Um, Similar to the other hypotheses mentioned, the data are conflicting about the relationships between reducing osmolality during dialysis, total ultrafiltration volume, ultrafiltration rate, and dialysis time, or with fatigue or the time to recovery after dialysis. Uh, This leaves us without a clear understanding of of any single underlying pathophysiology of post-dialysis fatigue and raises the question of whether different factors might be at play in different patients. Yeah, and that's fascinating that you kind of bring up fluid shifts during dialysis. I think earlier in the conversation, both you and David were sort of talking about his experience with ultrafiltration and and the more ultrafiltration that's removed during a treatment correlates with the the more fatigue you feel during and after the treatment. I have a firsthand experience. I think I understand what you're talking about. It's really interesting. My dialysis session is three and a half hours. And on Friday, I wanted to challenge my dry weight. So I wanted to take a little bit more off of my, of my, my fluid. And about two and a half hours into my dialysis session, my, my blood pressure dropped to less than 100. I think it was 100, 100 over 59. And I was feeling off. I was feeling off. So they shut me off. And my, my dialysis nurse is like, we're pulling too fast and we're pulling too much. That's why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Is that basically what you're talking about? That's exactly right. Yes. So I think for some people or maybe even some treatments, that could be part of the problem. Yeah, I got it. All right. (laughs) Absolutely. Good deal. Thank you. 
May I add one more thing about the ultrafiltration piece? And that is that it's really, it can be a U-shaped relationship. And so, you know, there are some studies that show that very low ultrafiltration rates might have a longer time to recovery from dialysis. But you have to wonder if that's because those are people for whom they couldn't remove any more fluid. Maybe they're already having low blood pressures or other problems that's preventing fluid removal. So we do see this relationship that very high or very low fluid removal can be associated with more fatigue. That's fascinating. Let's shift a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about nutrition. So can nutritional factors contribute to post-dialysis fatigue? Yes, we know that dialysis depletes the body of certain amino acids, such as branched chain amino acids. Branched chain amino acids compete with tryptophan for movement into the central nervous system. So higher levels of tryptophan metabolites could then enter the brain and cause fatigue if the branched chain amino acids are not available. Also, patients with chronic illnesses, such as kidney failure, other other chronic illnesses as well, such as heart failure, have have a poor nutritional status due to a decreased appetite, presence of depression, as we talked about, or other factors. And so presence of comorbid illnesses, such as heart failure, can also really exacerbate fatigue in our patients. And we kind of talked a little bit about, David, your experience in the beginning of this podcast with diet and you said your pills are exercise and diet. So right. what did you do? How, you know, did you change your diet and you noticed that there was improvement in fatigue for you? And completely, completely. Yeah. I, um, I would say I'm probably, I'm probably 85, 90% plant-based. Um, I eat a ton of fiber that alone increased my, uh, fatigue level from the standpoint that I wasn't as fatigued as much. It helped me out with my with my ability to work out. My blood numbers, which are taken on a on a weekly basis every Monday, my blood numbers have completely changed. Completely changed after about I think it was like the third month that I started plant based primarily, and yes, working out. But from the nutrition standpoint, about three months into the journey for me, it completely changed. My nephrologist was floored and uh, my cardiologist was floored. And to this day, every Monday, I look forward to my blood draw because I can look at all the variables and say, hey, I know I'm on the right track. I know I'm on the right track. Like, it makes a world of difference. World of difference. I think you're the first patient that says they look forward to their blood draw that I've ever met. (laughs) Hey, they, hey, there, there isn't much to look forward to, di- to for dialysis. Yeah. But I look at it as a challenge. So if I can, I love beat, that. If I can beat the system and I can lean into even more and more about the information that my nephrologist gives me, my nutritionist gives me, my nurse gives me, the better I'm doing, the better I'm doing for the dialysis center. Yeah. Well, I love that. I'm going to direct this question to Susan about exercise. You know, David had mentioned that there's two pills that have really helped him, right? Diet and exercise. So Susan, can exercise help patients who are experiencing fatigue on dialysis? Well, we do know that many patients receiving maintenance dialysis have low levels of physical activity. 
which can influence fatigue. And we also know that fatigue is associated with poor physical function. That rings true for David too, right? You said that you've... For me, for yeah. me, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I love the gym. Sunday morning, it's a struggle to get up. Now I'm looking at two days of that dialysis. My nutrition has been pretty much on point. But two days of that dialysis, Sunday working out is a, um, is, I just kind of go through the motions, but I still work out because I've, I've had days where I haven't worked. I've, I've had Sundays where I don't work out. My dialysis session on Monday is normally worse because I don't work out. That's pretty interesting. And then what did your workout regimen look before, you know, this regimen? Were you always someone who worked out four days a week? Um, I was a college. I was a college professor, uh, a a, uh, a college baseball coach, and a college strength coach. Gotcha. So, were you in the gym as frequently as you are now, or? I was in the gym Monday through Sunday. Oh wow! I'm, I'm only in the gym four days a week now. And then, when you started dialysis, were you able to kind of keep that regimen up, or when I, when I started dialysis, I couldn't lift the coffee pot. Wow. So it was a very big change from where you were. I was 171 pounds starting dialysis. Uh, yesterday, I was 202 pounds. I feel great. Wow. Fantastic. These are amazing insights. Let's move on from exercise. Now let's talk a little bit about what can be done. I know we've kind of already talked about diet and exercise, but so you have a patient that specifically asks their doctor what can be done to address fatigue. What can nephrologists or nurse do to help um, patients experiencing these symptoms? You know, this is such an important question. And there have been several clinical trials looking at the effect of different interventions on post-dialysis fatigue. And one category of interventions is to minimize the osmotic shifts by using different dialysate sodium concentrations. Um, one small crossover trial showed that exponential linear or stepwise sodium modeling protocols to decrease dialysate sodium concentrations over the course of the dialysis treatment resulted in lower rates of fatigue between dialysis sessions compared to those with a constant dialysate sodium concentration. There have been a couple of other trials in this area that have actually showed kind of mixed results that you know, some of them showed the opposite effect, that those with sodium ramping protocol had higher fatigue. And these trials were often small, they were often older studies, and they didn't use the same sodium modeling protocols between studies, so it's hard to compare the results across these different trials. But the data suggests that lowering osmotic shifts may help reduce fatigue. Um, but, you know, the other concerns about sodium modeling, like weight gain and, and thirst, really limit its use for that purpose. Another potential intervention is use of cooler dialysate temperatures. So a dialysate temperature of 35 degrees Celsius versus the standard 37 degrees Celsius may be associated with less fatigue after dialysis. Of course, lower dialysis temperatures may be associated with higher blood pressure and fewer episodes where your blood pressure falls, where we call it intradialytic hypotension. Uh, and this in turn could lead to less fatigue. David, your thoughts on cooler that, dialysis? That dialysis is, temperature. That's profound that you say that because I am 
just not myself, I see with other patients too, we have blankets on each other. We have blankets on each other at the dialysis center because we're so cold. And I know that the machine can turn up my, my temperature for, 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 for dialysis. And if it goes to 37 degrees, it's too hot for me. And my blood pressure drops and I become even more chilled. So this is profound. I, I, I never really thought of this. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we see that. But the, but the wow. problem is that some patients simply don't tolerate cooler dialysate temperatures, you know? Yep. And if patients can't tolerate it, then it really limits its potential for helping or managing fatigue. Uh, I, I am 100% agree with that, 100%. So, you know, another area of intervention for fatigue is the frequency of dialysis and the duration of the session. There's been multiple studies that showed that short daily dialysis treatments, as opposed to longer treatments every three, three times a week, are actually associated with less fatigue and less duration of fatigue after a dialysis treatment. With daily treatments, the fluid buildup is less, and thus you have less osmolality shifts and less ultrafiltration during the, that treatment. Uh, this one study uh, called the Frequent Hemodialysis Network Study, six days a week of hemodialysis uh, led to a greater improvement in time to recover after dialysis uh, from baseline to 12 months as compared to the typical dialysis schedule of three days a week. David, what are your thoughts about that? Who would have time for dialysis? Six, well, in, 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 <clears throat> you can do home dialysis, perineal dialysis. So yeah, there's different modalities for dialysis as, as a whole. I, 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 I just couldn't imagine, a lot to think about. You're correct in that a lot of the clinical trials that we design as physicians, you know, we need to make sure that they're easily implemented if the intervention shows to be useful. So I think we've covered a lot of the main points of the article. Parker, any closing thoughts? Yes, thank you. First, I, I would like to highlight what a wonderful success story David shared with us about exercise and diet and how important that is. Fatigue is very important to patients, but it's under-investigated. The pathogenesis and the effective interventions are still pretty unclear. Overall, the data suggests that hemodynamic and osmotic shifts during the dialysis treatment, as well as psychological factors like depressive symptoms, probably influence fatigue. But these underlying factors are probably different between individual patients, and so treatments are going to need to be individualized and tailored to what is both feasible and tolerable for each individual person. Love that. Susan, any closing thoughts? No, I totally agree with Parker. I think we need more studies with larger numbers of patients to figure out the story. And what about you, David, as we wrap I, this up? I am absolutely thrilled that I was on this podcast today. I've learned so much from the nephrology from you guys. Um, I'm elated to be here. I really thank you for this opportunity. Really do. Well, we loved having you here. And it's so fascinating to talk about an article and talk about, you know, 
certain sections of, you know, yeah. fatigue right before dialysis, during dialysis, after dialysis, and then hear from your perspective what you feel in those moments. I mean, yeah. uh, this was a fantastic episode. Thank you for being here today. And I'd like to thank our authors, Dr. Greg and Dr. Hidayati for writing this awesome review. I learned a lot. And thank you, Dr. Perchinski, for providing your perspective. And thanks to our listeners. For more information on fatigue, please read the article on fatigue published in the May issue of the American Journal of Kidney Diseases. We'll include a link in the show notes. For our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tag us on Twitter. And if you'd like to get in touch with us about this episode or have ideas for future ones, please email us at nkfpodcast at kidney.org. Until next time, everyone, take care.